this is Pookie Mathis, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show, bro. What's up, you guys? Jeremy McGrath here. You are listening to Moto X Pod Show. Again, episode 128, brought to you by our title sponsor, Torque One Racing, who's providing high-quality, economical performance parts, so check out TorqueOneRacing.com for grips, pegs, handlebars, shifters, brake pedals, and more. Johnny and Torque One Racing has a passion for, passion for the racing industry, like myself, not so much TJ, so follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And, uh, yeah, use our sponsors, bro. Shock Socks, the original number one 10-second removable fork seal protector. MX Girl Designs for your graphic needs, all sport, dynamics, wrist braces, blood lubricants for all your oil needs, fly racing, power band racing, works wheels and mods, extreme colors, Kyle Tucker at Key, Keller Williams Key Partners, a Cherby's, and I got to give a special shout-out to a to Bolt Motorcycle Hardware, even though they're not an official sponsor, just for helping me out with my 99 rebuild. That uh, is pretty awesome of Dave. Anyway, we've got a great show tonight. Uh, like I said, we just done with WW Ranch. We've got Jacob Hayes tonight, Van Martin, Caleb Bertrand with CBMX Training. Zach Osborne's going to come on for a quick, probably 10-minute little uh, interview. I just hit him up last minute. And possibly, if uh, schedules allow, Steve DeCastro, he is a stuntman. And, uh, he does stuff like Dave Castillo. He's tons of motorcycle stunts and other movies and Lots of cool movies. He's going to let me know if he can come on, and then if he does, we'll give him a proper introduction. DJ TJ in studio. What's up, man? What's up? Nothing. You just, I mean, threw me out there that I wasn't in the in the racing, so. No, you don't really have a passion for it. I don't have a passion for riding. No, like, you, no, like you, passion, okay, the, the quote of it is, they have a passion for the racing industry. TJ says, eh, I don't really feel like going to a national. I don't really okay, want to go to Supercross. Right, right. I can't. Eh, yeah. eh, that's not passion, baby. Not passion me. is driving 14 and a half hours by yourself to get to WW Ranch to do press day. That's passion. I drove And 20, sleeping in a roach motel. I drove 25 hours to and slept in my car on the way for two and a half, three hours to go to a race this weekend. Yeah, that was for your son. That's not really the same thing. I mean, you kind of had to, sort of. No, I've, I've skipped on a bunch of well, his races this year. Well, I know, but the circumstances. <laughs> come on. Anyway, you know what I'm trying. You're, you're a loser. Yes, but you're in studio. Finally, I am. I so, am. Um, yeah, WW Ranch. Um, awesome, awesome facility, awesome race, awesome um, test on the riders' physical abilities. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, in how in shape they were. Endurance. Endurance. Mm-hmm. Um, how awesome. was how was the facilities? So a couple of years back, they almost put the um, what do you call it uh, minios there because okay. they had some issues with Gatorback, but they switched it. They, they got that worked out, so it did wind up at Gatorback. So I've never been to that facility. What? Tell me about the track, not the racing and all that mm-hmm. stuff, but the actual track. Is it good enough to stick around? I think so. The only negative that I saw, besides the the temperature, um, was viewing. It's, you really can't see much from any one spot. Is it like flat? 
Very flat. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a couple big man-made jumps, and you can walk all the way around the track and go out in the center of the track and areas, and you can see a few different sections depending on where you're standing, but it's, there is no elevation where you can look down and see a whole lot of it. Uh, you know, if they even if they put in massive bleachers, you'd still be limited. Oh, wow. That, um, I think, something that actually Mathis, I think, mentioned this, that maybe, or maybe it was weeds, um, that they do need to move the, the fence line closer to the track because you were probably 60 feet or more away from the track in most sections when you're along the fence. Oh, so you really couldn't see it was tough. I think that's their one weakness. And, um, you know, I actually heard Davey Coombs and Junior, the owner, talking right at the end of the day. And uh, they were both really pleased. You know, just they were like, hey, a few, a few little changes, and I think we've got something. Did so, Davey bring that up about moving the fences closer? No, I didn't oh. hear that at all. There was no specifics talk, talked about while I was standing around. Yeah, I just didn't know. Um, no, I think it was Weeds I heard say that. That was just one of the things that, that kind of maybe needed to happen. But the facility is beautiful, um, really well run, like most of the other nationals. The track looked like a blast when I got there Friday. Uh, didn't look like much fun Saturday, <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Had a lot of lot of fun experiences. Met a lot of fans, um, even fans of our show, not just the Pulp Show that what? knew who I was, but fans of our show. Uh, got to meet Gringo and hang out with Gringo. Yeah. Um, ran into if I his I believe his Instagram handle is JS Turbo mm-hmm. or something close to that. He 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 had a Pulp shirt on. And I, I said, hey, what's up, dude? And we started talking, and he said he was a fan. Um, so, yeah, it was really cool. Zacho asked me for one of our T-shirts because I had mine on Friday. He's like, hey, I want one of those shirts. He came out of his motorhome. He's like, I want one of those shirts. All right, we'll get him one. Yeah, I ordered one already because okay. we don't have any. Yeah. Like, we don't have shirts. We don't really have the budget because shirts are expensive unless you order hundreds of shirts. Good news is my mother-in-law just picked up my my uh, t-shirt heat press machine that yep, I have. Yeah, I forgot you had that. That I don't know how to, I bought it years ago. I don't know mm-hmm. how to use it. She's going to figure out how to use it and all that stuff. So I think Gage knows how to use one because I think he has one or had one. He had yeah. a printing deal for a while. Anyway. Well, once she figures it out, we'll start getting some yeah. shirts and hopefully have some stuff out there that we can just kind of either make to order or make, a, I don't know, a hundred of shirts, different sizes. Yeah, I just, you know, I, I know some of our listeners have asked me in the past about shirts, so I apologize we don't have any right now. I honestly only ordered one for Zacco because, like, I kind of have to do that at some point. I promise we'll get some shirts. Well, the cool um, thing about it is, like, they're they're not just like everybody else's shirt. Nobody, very few people have them. There's like what five in the whole world. Probably, does, yeah. Does that increase their well, value? I have one. I have Amber one. has one. You have one. Like our our little crew, and yeah. I think maybe I've given one or two extras out that we had. So there's like five of them in the yeah, world. Yeah, so. there's probably more than that, but not many more than that. Maybe. Six to hey, eight. Hey, did, did they have amateur racing on Sunday? Rick wanted to know. I don't know about Sunday. They definitely did on Friday. Okay. Or maybe it was open practice on Friday. That wasn't Rick. I think it was just open practice on Friday. I don't know, man. Honestly, I didn't ask. Yeah. Um, didn't even think about it. Uh, just, he just asked. The so. facility was really bitching, though. Like I said, I think it was fantastic. Uh, other than just the heat. It was, was it that hot for you? Well, okay. First of all, I might be a little bit of a sissy. You were saying I was a sissy you in are, Vegas. It was yeah, hot. Yeah, you're right. But the humidity was noticeably worse than here. Oh, wow. Like, I literally felt like I was pushing against a wall of, like, like when you open an oven yeah. when you've been cooking and that burst hits you, I felt like I was up against that burst the entire day. Wow. Yeah, I thought it I mean, and look, no matter what Steve says, he's been to more nationals than I have. He says it's fine. If you watch the races, you saw their reactions. You saw Justin Cooper about to fucking die on the podium. <laughs> yeah. Um, the first 450 moto, I was standing by the mechanic section, 
And I, I mean, five, six bikes were coming off the track at a time. It seemed like for a while, like John short came off and he actually had him. He had crashed, which I didn't realize, but then a bunch of bikes was like one after the other guys coming off the track and halfway through that first 450 moto and halfway through the first 250 moto, I was like, I didn't watch it all because I couldn't see enough anyway. Right. I started walking through the pits to get more content. And there was like, like halfway through the first 250 moto, I'm walking through and there, there's like Christian Craig in the pool. Like, aren't you supposed to be on the track, dude? You know, there was guys, there was riders all over the place. Like, oh, good. Yeah, it, it was pretty gnarly. Um, trying to take some pictures in the second 250 moto with my phone, pull it out of my pocket. It's like, uh, unable to use your your phone uh, camera at the moment due to excessive heat. It really said yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It really, it, I couldn't take pictures. It just kept shutting off. It was so hot. And it wasn't like it was sitting in a truck. It was in your pocket. Cooking. It was in my pocket. Wow. Yeah. But um, really cool time. Like I said, getting to meet, meet getting to meet Gringo was definitely one of the highlights. Him and his son and his wife, very very awesome. Yeah, people. I met very him nice. and his wife. Yeah, in Daytona. yeah. Yeah, and um, had a really really good uh, some good time with John Short. Mm-hmm. So because Cooley ended up not being able to go, I I drove by myself, and I stayed east of the track or west of the track where everybody else is kind of east in jacksonville and i I mean i wanted a good meal friday evening after press day i was hungry the town i stayed in was not the nicest of towns it wasn't a very nice hotel there was nothing around i "I want a steak amber's like well i was talking to amber she's driving to jacksonville just go get you a good steak so i did i googled the like best closest place and just happened to be like some of the um i think that some of team kawasaki was in there There was a bunch of people in there but john short and Ashley's girlfriend and his sponsor mechanic were mm-hmm. all walking at the same time. They're like, oh, just eat with us. So I sat with them probably for an hour. We ate and we talked to John a lot about like what he wants out of his career. And um, John's kind of a shy guy. Doesn't like he doesn't walk through the pits and go to the Geico pits and say, hey, right. man, I'm John, you know. And right. he doesn't do that. And we've heard that that's really, you know, privateers, that's what you need to do. You need to know, make sure these team managers know, know you, you exist and that you're available. And stay in front in their mind in the in the forefront of their minds, and he's like, I just don't do that. So Saturday morning, soon as the practice was over, second practice, and they had a minute. John went with me. I introduced him to, um, well, I took him to Cycle Trader and talked to Christina and Chris Danny, who he has actually talked to, and they knew about him, but he hasn't ever went in and just like, hey, if something's available, right. I want it, and right. he did that. And then I took him over to Geico where he knew. Uh, Derek Dwyer, but we talked to him a little bit, and Derek's like, "Hey, man, you, you're one of the, you're the like next level Honda guy, outside of our team. We know you're there." So that that was like a highlight for me too, just to, seeing that part of it. Well, and and kind of just because I know everybody knows who John is because he's skilled. He finished tenth in East Coast Supercross mm-hmm. in eighteen, but he's not putting his face out there. So to kind of help him a little bit, I, I think he deserves a ride. I mean, I really do. But he has to do those those steps, the politically correct steps or whatever. And well, I may have told this story before, but there's a guy who owns a shop out here. His name is Shane Thorne, mm-hmm. and he's a road racer. He okay. he he road raced for a long, long time. And during this time, he was going out beating like the top guy, the guys that were well, retired now, but like the Texas Tornado, the guys that were like the top road race guys four or five years ago. And he was just schooling them guys yeah. on a week to weekend basis as they were coming up. And then he would go back to his truck and he would sit on, you know, sit there in the back of his truck or in his trailer waiting for the factory rides to come to the him. Yeah. And that didn't work. And it didn't work. And he's like, he had always told me, you know, his biggest regret was that he didn't know that sooner 
to be able to go talk to these. He, he just just put yourself out there. He just felt like, hey, my writing should speak for itself, right? And in some instance, it doesn't. In some instance, you it you basically have to um, get out there and put your face in front of these people and and for lack of a better term, to- toot your own horn. Okay. Let me see that hat. Hand me that hat. I got to show the guys on YouTube. That's legit. Oh, it's tied to a oh, backpack. It's, to a it's backpack. Bob Ross. It's a, it's a Bob Ross trucker hat. It's freaking amazing for the guys that um, are on the podcast. <laughs> Look at that. It's my stepdaughter. She's pretty cool. That is actually... She's, she's the same one that we, we use her bedroom, and she's like, yeah, doesn't, she didn't care. She she just gained some major cool points. Yeah. Heck yeah. Um. Anyway... Yeah, that doesn't work like that. But having that conversation with John, and, and he had mentioned, like, you know, we're in Florida. He's like, man, I really – I asked him, like, who are you training with? Because I know typically he's been training with Cunningham and Blake Warden. Blake's not riding right now. Cunningham's really not riding right yeah. now. Uh, he's, yeah, he said that's one of the struggles is I don't have anybody to ride with to push, like, at that level. Which is crazy because LeMay's out here, too. Well, he talked about – he said, I could go down and ride with LeMay, but LeMay's program's a little bit different than what John wants to be doing, I guess. Um He's like, I just need people to ride with. He said, I, I wish I could ride like with somebody in Florida, like Blake Baggett. And I was like, Well, do you know Blake? He said, No, I've never met him. I know his his uh, mechanic, Austin. Um, and he said, We've talked about it, but I've never met him. So, all right, so that's I took him over there. And uh, they're but, like best friends now. They're not best friends, but but Blake was <laughs> like, he, Blake says, Yeah, man, next time we ride, come on, you're you're invited. Yeah. So John is gonna at some point. He wasn't able to stay down there this week, I don't think, and ride, but he's gonna get back and go maybe spend some time at Blake's house. And I was like, Hey. I need to come too, not no, TJ. No, 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 not you, me. That's like no. The, I Keely said you're not. Keely welcome. didn't say anything. So Keely quiet. did say something because I not about I me inter- coming out there. You. I interviewed her on our YouTube channel. I, I get that, but I'm just saying like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I did tell Mosaman because Mosaman said something about coming down to his. He's like, anytime you want to come down to Florida, you're welcome at my house. And I was like, well, I do want to go to Baker's Factory for like a day. And he said, well, come on. So that's like two invites. You know. Marvin unwill- sort of unknowingly invited me when he told me I could come see how things oh, are. Yeah, yeah. And then now Mosevin's invited me, and I think Zach would be cool. So, yeah, the Baker's Factory trip's going to have to happen. Awesome. Um, anyway, what, what were your thoughts on the race? Did you get to watch them all? I didn't. Um, okay. honest, honestly, we were, I was so busy. Drove 23, 24 hours yeah. up there. with. Where was that? Uh, to, in Baja Acres, which is in Flint, uh, right north of Flint, Michigan. And then I got there, we had a bike making noise, and I thought it was a crank, so I literally tore two bikes apart to be able to swap motors, actually swap bottom ends out from the practice bike to the mod bike, Mm -hmm. and I had pulled them all the way down, had two bikes that were down to the frame, two motors sitting on the workbench in the RV, and like in the shop area RV, and as I pulled the clutches, you know, you have two engines here, pull the clutches set it here pull the clutches set it here about to swap it out and on the back of the henson clutch a bolt had just come free enough like they had these torqued bolts there red loctite it in i don't know how it came loose just enough to where it was ticking on a gear behind it so i thought it was a crank so then at two o'clock in the morning i'm sitting there staring at this clutch i'm exhausted i'm staring at this clutch going i think that's the noise (laughs) But you got that bolt's a hardened bolt. That gear's a hardened gear, so it wasn't shedding metal because there was no metal in the in the oil filter. I took it apart and had cut it apart, and I'm like, "What do I do? 
I've got it here. Do I swap the heads and go ahead and throw the bottom in from the other one? I'm just like, well, screw it. And I went ahead and put it back together and put it back in the bike, and it it was fine. But it, like it was so bad at 2 o'clock in the morning, I called JT because I was so tired, I could not make my mind up. I couldn't yeah. make a decision. I was too tired to make it. I was like, who could be awake? Maybe he, maybe JT's driving, and he wasn't. Um, but it, he didn't answer, so I was just like, my wife, she had gone over to another one of the Moto Moms trailers, and they were drinking bourbon, and so she was no help. <laughs> and so it was just like, I was like, screw it. So I made it, so it worked out for as far as bike-wise go, so... And then I was up there, and then so I was really tired. I actually fell asleep halfway through the day the next day for about an hour and a half. But my, I know it sounds dumb, and and whatever. My fantasy team on the first motos was so bad. We talked about this yeah. that I literally was done with all racing. I was done with fantasy. I was done with everything. I was like, I, I don't know why I take it so seriously. I had like eighty points. I was so mad that I almost chunked my phone, and. Um, and then somehow I wind up getting like 125th overall from the... Yeah, from you those. jumped way up. That's crazy. Yeah. So I didn't pay as much of attention as I probably should have for helping out with it. But see, I'm the producer and you're the talent, so you're the one supposed to know all this stuff. That's true. Yeah. I, uh, I, was, I changed my team so many times. And then I was walking around 15 minutes before race time with Gringo. Yeah. And he can't get a... There's no signal out there. It's like Millville. <laughs> and he's freaking out. He's like... Because he, he goes to look at his team... And it's not saved. He goes, oh, no, I thought it saved. And he's trying to get back to it, and it will not let him. Nothing he can do. So we basically – he he sweet-talked the security guard to let him through to the area where the press tent was. I got him connected to the Wi-Fi so he could fix it. <laughs> I go inside, and I'm sitting there with Mathis, Dan Truman, and Parabinos, who yeah. are your – Yes. Your uh, – Pro picks. Ex- your pro picks, expert well, picks. terrible. Going over their picks, and I'm in the process of changing mine, and Truman and Parabinos look over, and they're like, mm, are you sure about that guy? Oh. Oh, okay. So they, they said, what about John Short? He's like, your guy. And then Matthew's like, yeah, that's your guy. And I go, yeah, but he just told me he's not real comfortable. Oh, he's your guy. And I'm like, okay. So I start changing things. And then, like, Parabino says something else, and I, like, I change it again. I'm like, no, I'm going back to my original. I think I changed it three or four times Did you in like three at, minutes. Did you end up with your original? I don't even know. <laughs> but then during the race, John Short pulls off, uh, Master Pool pulls off, and I was pretty sure I had those guys at least at some point. Yeah. And I'm going, oh, no, fuck. I'm getting zero, zero. <laughs> like some other guy that I had picked pulls off, and I'm like, I'm done. And I go back to the press tent halfway through the motor, and I look, and I've got like 100-something points. I was like, what happened? And I don't know. Somehow I, I picked guy... The guys I picked actually all finished. I was just so confused. I, I swung times for the I fences. It. I picked. I picked guys that it was their first race. I picked Zane because I, I took know Pierce he... Brown. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And when he was out, when I thought he was out front, because at the track when Dave Drake's was out front or uh, Derek Drake's, I had Derek Drake on my team. But there were I couldn't see the number when he went by, but they were announcing that it was Pierce Brown. I was like, yeah, fifty points. Yeah. It wasn't Pierce Brown. Pierce I even Drake. said something to Pierce later. I was like, dude, that was killer. And he goes, yeah, that wasn't me. Oh. I was like, oh, well, they said it was you, and I couldn't see. Yeah. <laughs> so he, um, I picked him and Zane, because Zane is yeah, up here at, at Underground in the sand yep, all the yep. time, and I knew that he was either going to s- send it. Like, oh, he was like, not going to quit. He's not there gonna was quit. guys, ro- he might have been behind some guys that were rolling stuff, because they were faster overall, but every lap, 
Zane was like you could see his hair flying and bouncing, and he was. I'm telling on you, Zane it, is. Dude. If, yeah, he's a beast. If you know Zane at all, the kid, there's no quit in that kid. That's I mean, he's he's all heart. Yeah. Uh, sometimes that gets him for into wrecks on a regular basis. But he <laughs> yeah. got points. He got awesome. He, I think he got like eight points overall or five points. Anyways, he got pro points. So yeah. Congratulations to local boy Zane Merritt. The dude is yep. killing it, and I just, I mean, like I said, he's. I, I thought he was like a, a little a hole when I first met him, <laughs> but as I've got to know yeah, him, like to... He, he's just he's just got a lot of personality yeah so. well hey we'll try to talk a little more about florida here in a minute we've got to get zach on just a minute are there any uh any good questions or anything do we have anybody watching on youtube before we do we... have people watching but nothing really going on so we'll go to break nothing going on i mean no, nobody asking questions well, somebody said happy birthday Corey said who's who's happy birthday to uh, it's happy birthday to i don't know they're not just randomly saying happy birthday tj well, this is not something that goes on the podcast. This is for the YouTube stuff. So if we'd have paused this, we could have done it there. But I wanted to tell them happy birthday on the air. So they, you know, it's like, I mean, you know, you get a birthday mention on your local radio sh- morning show, you know, that's like a big deal. All right. Happy birthday to whoever's birthday it is on YouTube. Garrett Rockley. Oh, it was his. Oh, yeah. Never mind. Hey, I Garrett take it back. was going out for a birthday. Dinner, I take it so, back. And he's not even paying attention now. He, he, had to, he had to leave, he said. So. All right. Let's. Uh, so we'll get ready to get Zach on then and we'll be back. Hey Kylie, does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses Shock Socks, the original and number one 10 second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork sills. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork sills, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. Darkside here. Are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics? Are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer? Well, if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Char at 936-828. 1472 or email char char at mxgirl.com and that's mxgirl g-u-r-l and tell her moto x pod sent you what's up moto x pod listeners this is dark side and as motocross racers one of our top priorities is safety that's why all sport dynamics wrist braces are one of my favorite products all sport dynamics sees themselves as the picasso of safety braces Their passion for design and developing beautiful braces never stops. They've had the privilege to work with some of the largest names in the sports industry and have established a reputation for always bringing innovation to the table with every brace. For the pro chasing the championship or the six-year-old whose mom wants to avoid a broken bone, please try Allsport Dynamic Wrist Braces. Go to motocrosswristbrace.com or check out Instagram at wristbraceguy or call 936-569-1003 and ask for Jeff Brewer or Gary White. And keep in mind, these are the wrist braces that Justin Bogle, Joey Savacci, Weston Pike, Adam Cianciarello, Matt Gerke, and Brock Tickle wear in their pro careers. Check them out, all sports dynamic braces. Powerband Racing is a suspension company dedicated to providing best service and products. They are committed to developing new products and improve your ride. They want your suspension to be the best it can be. They're based out of Minneapolis, and they're a WP-authorized service center. 
and trusted by Ryan Sipes. Many bikes to big bikes, they cover them all. Power Band Racing has your suspension covered. Contact them at 320-983-3400 and follow them on Facebook or Instagram. Okay, we are back with our first guest of the night, who is brought to you by Fly Racing. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. In 2019, Fly Racing was the title sponsor of Supercross and sponsored riders like Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, and the man on the line, Mr. Zach Osborne. What's up, Zacho? How's it going, guys? It's going good. So I, I hit you up kind of late today uh, as a last-minute uh, ad, um, basically because, okay, this race at Florida – a lot of talk about the the conditions, the heat. Um, you know, some people, some people that we know say it wasn't that bad. Um, I say it was really, really hot. I want to talk to you specifically about Moto Two. You've already done a full Moto. Um, you're passing guys left and right with a few minutes left. You're, I mean, it's at the worst time of the day. You're the most exhausted you should be, but you're completely pushing, passing guys, catching Eli Tomac. I want to talk just you to talk me through those last few minutes, like how that was for you mentally, physically, and you know what your motivation was to keep going that dang fast. Well, I mean, obviously my first moto wasn't ideal. I had a pretty pretty good sized crash, um, mm-hmm. like right after the halfway point, and uh, I was able to pass Barsha back out for fifth place, and then um, Cooper was a ways ahead of me, and I knew that I wasn't going to catch him, so I was able to kind of back it down a little bit and just maintain my fifth place and, and take that for the first moto. And then I felt pretty good after the first moto. Um, to be honest, I, I felt like I had plenty left in the tank. And, um, yeah, I got that really good start in the second moto. And then, again, um, got my doors blown off for the first three or four laps. Um, found myself in fourth place. And then um, I kind of felt like some guys were going to fade. Um, I didn't know if any of the guys in front of me were going to fade, so I was a little bit um, nervous that I wasn't going to get better than fourth. But then uh, I started to find some decent lines and um, some little honey holes where I could really make some time and, and, you know, think about making passes when I got to those guys. So um, I just emptied the tank there at the end. Uh, It's been a a tough couple days since, but I would uh, imagine. Still kicking. Yeah, when I see on Instagram that guys like like Blake Baggett went riding one day, I'm blown away. Like almost. I feel like his team should have said, no, you don't ride, you know, like, cause I, I would think there's going to be some lingering effects come next Saturday at Southwick. If you don't get your rest. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, t- it's a tough mix for everyone. You know, we didn't ride on Monday. We rode today. And um, even today I felt like, you know, 80%, but mm. um, it's coming around now. I'm feeling better and better. The more I'm going to get out of here done. And, um, we have press this weekend, so our, our, our original plan was, was Tuesday, Wednesday, even, you know, prior to it being a, a ball burner in, uh, <laughs> at WW. So, yeah. um, it's kind of business as usual, which was lucky uh, that we have press because I would have been very bummed to go riding on Monday. <laughs> I, I would think so. You know, the one other thing that I noticed and I, I, I mentioned on your, one of your Instagram posts is when you did come off the track for Moto2 and you went to the podium, you came out of those Alpine, Alpine stars so fast. Darn or oh, you weren't Garnets. I apologize, Garnets. My bad. I, I could edit that out. <laughs> but yeah, you I came out of those boots so fast, and we're like dumping ice water on your feet. Um, I mean, we see the the reaction that Justin Cooper had on the podium where he almost passed out. I mean, you guys pushed to the absolute limits of physical ability. 
it's not that hot until you stop. But when you yeah. stop doing it, it gets, it gets on you quick. And it was a hot this weekend that you could not get off of you. I mean, um, for some reason, when I get hot, my feet get hot. Like, okay. That's the first thing that goes. So as soon as I got off the track, I knew I needed to get my boots off because they were um, – my feet were smoldering and, and the guys knew like straight away to pour, pour water on my feet. So, yeah. um, I felt pretty good. Um, on Saturday afternoon, we went to dinner, drove back to Claremont, which is about two and a half hours, um, got home and I was, I didn't sleep at all on Saturday night cause my whole body was just like super achy and, um, I just felt like my muscles were, you know, dry of water. So, yeah. uh, I, I didn't sleep very good on Saturday night, but, um, Got up on Monday, did a little bike ride, felt better after that. Just kind of been progressing um, back in the right direction since then. But, man, it was a tough day on Sunday. I, I did literally nothing. I woke up. I was super sore. I got out of bed um, at, like, 7.30. I walked into the, uh, to the kitchen, had some coffee, and then I went straight into my spin bike in my underwear and just, like, <laughs> moved my legs around because I was that sore. Like, I knew if I didn't get moving, I was going to be locked up soon. <laughs> That's yeah, that's very impressive. The ride was impressive. I just wanted to get you on for a minute to say that and ask a little bit about it. Um, last night, Gringo called into Pulp. Um, shout out to Gringo, getting to meet him this weekend. I know he got to see you, and he he told Steve, I, like I wish you had had Zacho on, and so I, I thought I would try to contact you and just I want to talk about that particular moment, those last few laps, because it was so impressive. Um, I want to give you props for the season. I, th- I think. I jokingly texted you early in the season or before the season started and told you what I, I wanted out of you. You're right there. You're, you're following my instructions. Way to go, we're man. Close, close. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's been a, pr- a pretty good season for me so far. Um, obviously Supercross was a little bit of a struggle, um, coming back, but I found my shot there at the end. And then, um, I feel like I've made some, some really good headway here at the beginning of this outdoor season. And yep. I'm in a good position, uh, you know, moving forward with five rounds in seven rounds to go. So, um, we're almost over the hump as far as, uh, you know, the races go. Um, I think our biggest test was, I hope, over the weekend. Yeah. So, um, moving forward, the, you know, the, the conditions won't be super bad, even though I think we're in for another warm one this weekend at Southwick. Um, yeah, I feel, feel really good about it. Awesome. Hey, I got one more question. Um, well, we got two real oh, quick questions. Okay. We got two listener questions. First one is from Gringo. Do what? I'm in no hurry. You got me. Right. Okay. So, uh, Gringo wanted to know, did you do, or like the guys down there at Baker's Factory or whatever, did y'all do any special things getting ready for this heat this weekend where it's been cold, cool before, or was it anything different? No. Um, Gringo knows uh, where I live and how hot it is every day yeah. um, because he lives right down the road from me, so I know he's feeling the same heat I'm feeling. So, it was literally just, you know, another day in paradise for us. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, there's not a whole lot you can do. It's when it's that hot, there's, you know, nothing you can do to, to fix it. So, um, I mean, I think our preparation leading into it with the heat that we've had in Florida, um, was kind of lucky, if you will. Um, I feel like it, it prepared us well and, and we were well acclimated to what we had, you know, in store for the weekend. And Kyle McNabb wants to know, I think we may have touched on it a little bit of this before, but not, huh? We have, but go ahead. We have, yeah. The um, like, how long do you plan on doing the the Supercross and Motocross professional, and then do you have plans afterwards? Like set in stone. Like, afterwards, I want to do this. 
Um, my afterwards plan is like more like a book at this point. Like I'm not sure what, what the heck I'm gonna do. I have um, a lot of uh, want to do's and uh, might do's and would like to do. So um, I can't really speak to that. I definitely like to race off road for a couple of years. It's something I'm passionate about and something that um, I look forward to in my career. Um, but as far as motocross and supercross goes, I'd like to do two or three more years, maybe four more years, and then uh, see what, see what happens from there. Awesome. Zach, thank you, man, for just uh, giving us some time last minute like that. Always very uh, courteous to us and cordial, and we appreciate you, man. Yeah, no problem, dude. Anytime, seriously. Thank you so much. All right, absolutely, and I'll see you at Millville. All right, have a good one, guys. All right, Later. Yeah. Zach Osborne, my uh, – my, like I said before, my, he's like your best friend now. Yeah, I don't know about best friend. He he hasn't quite gotten into that level yet where I, I'm allowing him to be my best friend. Oh. <laughs> but he's kind of my new favorite rider. You know, Chiz is still there, but Chiz isn't full time. Zach's my favorite full time 450 guy. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. Your, yeah. That's how I'm going to use it because Fa- favorite full time yeah. 450 guy. Yep. Yep. Love Zacho. it. Love it. Um. Okay. Let's take another quick break, and we'll be back with Jacob Hayes. Blood lubricants. Oh, blood lubricant. <laughs> I blew that. Hey, start. No, on. we're not. We're gonna keep going. Okay. Do it again. Blood lubricant oil lines <laughs> were created to bring out the highest level of performance and protection for all types of racing. Blood lubricants has three series of oil to fit your needs, as well as chain lube, degreaser, polyclean, and more. Whether you ride moto, race dirt track, or anything else, visit bloodlubricants.com for your oil needs today. Blood Lubricants brings us our next guest, Cycle Trader Rock Rivers, Jacob Hayes. What's up, Jacob? How you guys doing tonight? Doing good, man. So, um, I got to visit with you just a little bit this weekend in the uh, inside the oven that was WW Ranch. How you feeling <laughs> a couple days post race? Um, I wouldn't say I was dreading that race. I, I, I was more or less actually kind of anxious for that race just to kind of see where my fitness really lies just because the first four have been just uncharacteristically just kind of cool like they haven't really been that hot at all honestly yeah um so i was kind of anxious to see where my fitness lied and um with the ww and i i honestly stepped off the plane and i'm not gonna lie i was i was honestly blown away i've been to florida many times and i live in north carolina so i'm used to the humidity but it was like on a whole nother level and i was like Wow, uh, this is going to be a lot tougher than I thought. So, <laughs> yeah, Saturday came around and just really felt good all day. Um, honestly, one of my best nationals uh, this year. I felt really strong all the way through the day. And once it was all said and done, it, yeah, I felt like I recovered really well. Saturday night, got some sleep, and then traveled home Sunday. And just, um, I mean, more water than normal. Mm-hmm. Obviously, on Sunday, just because I felt like just super. My mouth is dry all day, and I just couldn't get enough water. But um, no, I've had a good week so far, Monday, Tuesday, riding. So, I mean, I'm back oh, wow. on my normal schedule. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, you went 13-8 for 10th overall. That is definitely your best national of the year. Um, you know, I want to talk to you a little bit. So, you were 2018 Arena Cross champ. 2019, you moved to Supercross West, 250 West. You got 11th. Um, a little bit of a learning period, learning curve. It's a little different, obviously. Um and then Daniel's talked a little. Daniel Blair's talked a little bit about the transition into nationals and the 250 class. Uh, you're out there racing with a lot of a young, younger guys that are just, you know, full, wide open, all over the place, kind of wild almost in the first, 
stages of the race and you having to adjust to that. Talk a little bit about that transition from arena cross to supercross to outdoors. Uh, even the transition from arena cross to supercross was a lot bigger than I than I originally thought it was going to be. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to lie; I thought it was going to be, you know, pretty pretty easy to step over and kind of pick up on on you know just the the things yeah. um, with the longer track and stuff like that. But uh, a lot came at me quick. Um, you know, obviously the competition is unbelievable in the 250 class. Just it always is, and this year it's, it's very stacked. So. Um, you know, a lot of speed, uh, and then moving into outdoors. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, my outdoor skills over my career. Um, I guess 2012 would have been when I started uh, racing pro motocross, and it just my fitness wasn't good. Um, and then I tried the 450 class in 2013, and fitness still wasn't good. And then I just took a, a long break, man. I just yeah. uh, it, it's very tough on the body um, financially, so. To get back into it this year and race the 250 class full time, it's been uh, it definitely has been a learning curve. I, I remember at Hangtown, I was just like, "Wow!" Like <laughs> I, I felt like I, I rode decent in practice, and yeah, I didn't qualify well at all. And the day was just really tough, and kind of turned it back around in Paula. But it's been a huge learning curve. The first laps have been pretty much every moto a struggle for me. I would say the first five laps, everyone's just kind of bouncing off each other feet are off the pegs, swapping left and right. I mean, I'm just talking anything you can think of, and I'm just like, hey, guys, you got to like, calm down. Like, right. we got 35 minutes. Like, we we don't want to throw it away on the first time because, you know, they water it so it's not dusty and stuff. But, um, man, you're racing. I'm racing, you know, a bunch of 18, 19, 20, 21. I'm not saying I'm old by any means. I'm 25, but I definitely feel like um, – the experience has calmed me down a little bit to where I, I'm in it more for the long wheel and not just, you know, the the first five laps just trying to kill myself. So Absolutely. It's been, it's been tough. The first turns are very, very high speed. I found myself the first couple kind of just, like, checking up on the throttle a little bit. But uh, I'm getting there, man. It's been, it's been a good, fun process, and I'm really enjoying it during the weekend. On the weekends now, I told my trainer today, actually, that, uh, man, I've just... Obviously, the good finish helped at WW, um, but I've I've been enjoying uh, the work lately and just um, the progression. Yeah. Hey, so you've kind of touched on it a little bit, and I was going to ask you as you're coming into this year and you've got quite a few races under your belt as this outdoor. What's the like when you go week in week out? The thing that you're working on that you haven't seemed to get. You you, you talked about the first turn speed. You talked about that first lap. What's the one thing that you're for lack of a better term, struggling to, like, implement the next week? Uh, it would definitely be my, my beginning stages of the motor. I need to get to my race pace quicker. I feel like the first five laps, I'm generally about two seconds off of where I should be and where I get to. And I don't know. We're trying to figure out right now if it because obviously I have the speed, so it's not really sprinting. Is it just me in my head holding myself back? Um, I, I've kind of leaned towards that a little bit more because, you know, when it is time to, to throw some speed down in practice or whether it's in the middle of the moto, end of the moto, I can throw it down. It's just in the beginning, I feel like mentally I'm just holding myself back, so I need to just kind of let myself go and just trust myself, honestly. Yeah, um and and how do you how do you think you get over that? Like, what do you do to to improve on that? Because again, some of the stuff you talked about, like 
the the younger kids and that intensity or almost I don't know if intensity is in the right word. It's some of it. Sometimes it's just being a little bit out of control, going balls out. As you get older, that's it's maybe not difficult to find if you really were willing to do that, but you don't want to end your season early. Like I don't know. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, how do you decide to yeah. either go balls out like that or just like, well, it's just not. I'm not going to be able to be up there without doing that. Like it's kind of a fine line. Do you? Try to maybe have you any, God, let him let him answer. I'm, yeah, I, just go ahead and answer because I, I don't know what I'm, I don't know how to get out what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um, it's that. just kind of getting thrown out there each weekend. You know, iron sharpens iron, so it's like I'm throwing myself out there each and every weekend in the middle of the chaos. And I mean, <laughs> I've touched on it with Daniel obviously several times. Once, I mean, I this is this is a crazy term to use, but a bunch of wild chihuahuas, man, just yeah. nipping at your heels, man. They're going wild, so. This is kind of throwing myself out there each and every weekend to where sooner or later, man, eventually it's going to become normal. So it's going to be like, okay, well, this okay. isn't as bad. Let me dice, dice, dice through here, get through here, smooth. You know what I mean? So um, I think the second mother at WW, Seth, looked at me and was like, dude, just make your life easy and, and just at least sort of go for it on lap one. And I actually listened to him. I kind of took it out there on lap one, got a much better start. I wasn't back in 20th. I was, you know, in the 12th or 13th, and it did make my life a lot easier. So this weekend at Southwick, um, I need to try to position myself in the beginning stages of the race a lot better. How do you feel about Southwick coming up? Like, how do, how, how do you feel that you'll do? Like, I don't, I don't know about your sand skills and stuff like Ooh, that. Just saw them this weekend. Well, yeah, but it's a different. <laughs> Southwick's got a hard base to it. It's yeah. a lot more flowy and less choppy and stuff like that. I'm excited for Southwick. I I really enjoyed Southwick in 2012 when I raced there. Mm-hmm. Um, that was actually one of my better nationals in 2012. So I'm excited to go back to Southwick. I know it's changed a lot, but I I do enjoy the sand. I've grown up on it my whole life. Um, but it is different. Like uh, I think the first moto at WW. Like yes, it was sandy there, but it like it still had those deep gnarly ruts. You know what I mean? It didn't yeah. have those that burn type like the sand normally does so I'm excited for Southwick because man you just you gotta bring the intensity and you gotta just kinda like let the bike float underneath you and, and you're not really worried about the rut um so we, we worked on that today and just kinda get my fan legs underneath me and just let the bike do the thing so yeah. do we have a couple of things from like listeners here one of them Jonesy he's one of our listeners from Australia first off kind of leads into something too he wanted to thank you for the great fantasy points this weekend <laughs> and um and that makes me do y'all riders deal with that do you deal with it throughout the weekend is it something that you that it comes up regularly or not really like people uh, people it, talking to you about fantasy stuff yeah more or less like i feel like i got it quite a few times in, in supercross hey i got you for fantasy today don't screw me and i'm like i just kind of laugh about <laughs> my haha all right yeah and then um I've kind of more or less gotten that. Not the, I haven't gotten any negative hate just yet, so hopefully we keep that good trend going. So uh, no, it's not been too gnarly. And yeah. then Eric Tisloff wants to, wants to ask if how much interaction you have with Mike Duclos um, from Rock he River. He doesn't get to come to the races that often, but when he does, it's it's honestly really great to have him there. Yeah. Um, and I really like him. He's a great guy. And I mean, he's obviously created a, a really, really strong team and, uh, and given 
rounders like myself uh, great opportunities to go out there and try to prove themselves. Talking to, about the Cycle Trader Rock River team, um, Chris, Christina, Danny, we've talked about them before when you've been on. I've talked about them many times. Um, you know, how, how have they been through this season with you so far as far as team managers? Um, you know, you've had some ups and downs. You, you, you had the hand injury, which you're still, you know, you know, not, I don't think, I don't think you're a hundred percent yet. You say that it's, it's a lot better, but how have they been with your, um, you know, learning the, the supercross and national pace? Um, the supercross went really well. Uh, I feel like, you know, it was, it was less of a learning curve for me. Mm-hmm. Um, moving into supercross, I felt like, you know, my indoor skills are, are pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Um, just to live off of arena cross and stuff. So that transition was really well. Um, both, Christina and Chris were positive all the way through. Even with the hand injury, they just told me to take my time to get ready. Uh, they wanted me healthy so I could come out swinging and outdoors and improve myself. Uh, that way, you know, I, I I'm strong on both both sides, you know, indoors and outdoors. Um, and then this weekend, I had Chris and Christina there, and it's just really nice. They both are really reassuring people, positive people, and it, it brings a good vibe to to the truck so it's um it's great i mean even after the first moto chris was like look man see that that wasn't so bad you, you could do this you know just yeah. always reassuring myself that you know i can't do this and it's you know it's not as bad as we all think it is sometimes yeah they seem like just really down-to-earth people uh how about your, your teammate you seem like you get along real well with brandon hartraff yeah me and brandon i mean we do get out on the weekends, during the week, uh, in the gym, on the bicycle. We're always wanting to, to be better than one another, and it's in a good competitive way. Mm-hmm. Um, we both train with Seth, so our programs are identical, and it's just left up to us when the gate drops to who's going who's gonna to last the longest and um, who's going to suffer. So uh, it, it's been fun, and like, a, like I said, we push each other day in, day out, and I think it's made myself better and Brandon. I feel like this year we've we really showed a lot of speed, and uh, I feel like this kind of I'm coming into my own here in, in the outdoors and looking to keep that momentum going. Yeah, is that important to you to have a teammate that you actually get along with, or does it really like if you and Brandon hated each other, would that would that bother you on the weekends when you're there, or could you separate that? Uh, I feel like you know being with the team Babbitts and Arena Cross for so long, and you know <laughs> I, I was dealing with a lot of title contenders and yeah. my teammates were title contenders not saying we hate each other but the bond was not strong I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie that was apparent um, a lot of the time yeah so I feel like you know I've been thrown in situations like that to where it's just like you know what you're here you gotta put your boots on and this is this is your race and you know I'm out there to I mean to make friends realistically you're putting your boots on and you're trying to go out there Get yep. the best result you can. So I mean, it definitely makes it a lot better when you have a, a teammate like Brandon. That we get along so well. Um, but for me, no, it just you're doing the same job at sure. the end of the day. Well, you brought up Arena Cross, and um, I was just curious. Now that you've been away from it a bit, and it's kind of, I guess, been out of everybody's mindset. Do you ever think back to? whether that should be something that comes back, that, that the sport's missing it, or do you think that the transition it going away was just no real loss? Where do you stand on that? I am a big believer in the arena cross. I think it taught me everything I know indoors. Um, I think, yes, it is a tough stepping stone, but I do think 
that these riders, these younger, younger up-and-coming riders need that tough stepping stone because, I mean, the pros is no, no joke. I mean, you're, you're battling week in, week out, mentally, physically. I mean, each weekend is its own challenge, and going through that in arena cross, no, it wasn't on the scale that it is now, but it mentally and physically prepared me for what was to come this year, you know what I mean? And I feel like that's why sometimes you see some of these younger guys um, not do so well in the indoor just because how mentally and physically tough it is. Yeah, I, I what do you think about the the rule that this year where guys like um, Pierce Brown, these these amateur kids can come up for a couple rounds depending on their points. Got to stay under 40. Yeah, and step in and do that cuz that's sort of I don't know. I don't like that rule really. I, at, at first I wasn't too sure how I felt about it, but the more I think about it, I don't like it. I don't I think either they're pro or you're an amateur. You got to pick. Yeah, I wasn't um I wasn't thinking that too much. When um, I was in the amateurs, it yeah. was, you know, you race Loretta's, and then if you wanted to go do the last three, then you could go do the last three. Um, what the reason it is behind it is to make the better for these amateurs. And, I mean, I don't really have much to say about it. I okay. do think if, if you're prepared and you want to go pro, man, go pro. And, and if you're still not ready and you're not sure then you need to stay amateur and I feel like that's a call that I mean if you're on a factory team like most of these kids are nowadays they should be able to make that call and you know uh, if you get out there in the pros and it's just not working out then man that's just the way it is it's yeah. that's how the, the cards fall everyone's got to fight for their position you know yeah I, I agree yeah Tom Masterpool is kind of kind of bucked a face to that and it just, just went straight pro so yeah I think they can um, so last I mean, question. You just don't have any, you don't have any, like, it's amateur sprint racing, five laps, and then you get Loretta's, which is 20 minutes, which is still, I mean, compared to an outdoor national, 20 minutes at Loretta's is, is no. basically like halfway, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you don't have anything that prepares you for that. So I do understand the reasoning behind that to try to, like, show these amateurs, like, hey, this, this is what is to come, and this is what kind of work you have to do. But if you're on a factory-level team, like I said, like most of these guys are, they should be prepared no matter what. Yeah, I agree. All right, so last question, and this came from one of our uh, YouTube chat room listeners or viewers. Uh, wants to know, like, how involved your quote-unquote manager, uh, Daniel Blair, has been? Like with the gloves? <laughs> yeah, is he, is he still working magic, or is he, you know, too busy with Eagle Grit? No, I mean, he's, he's got his own thing going on, obviously, just, I mean, buried with the Eagle Grit stuff, which is awesome. I mean, that's an awesome company. Uh, day to day, I talk to Daniel, I mean, four or five times a day, daily, Monday through Sunday. So um, he's more or less just uh, help guiding me through. Um, I mean, I feel like I've learned a lot over the years, but I still need that um, that older, mature guidance. And he's really well with that. He helped me um, just kind of pick apart the weekend, what was good, what was bad, what was good and bad every day. I mean, he, he had a talk with me. It was after a high point, I felt like, um, you know, I'd been really putting in the work, and it just just seemed to not kind of come together. I, mm-hmm. I felt like I rode really well. And he's like, look, he said, you're getting too caught up in, you know, one good moto, one bad moto. He said, man, you can look up at the end of the 
end of the season and say, oh, wow, this was really good. This wasn't so good. This is what I need to work on. But he said, man, while you're in the battle and you're in the fight, you need to keep your head down and, and not get so emotional. And I kind of really, that hit me. I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty smart. So, yeah, he, he's very involved. Awesome. You know, you know, him doing that for you obligates you to pass that on one day to some younger riders, right? Evan, Bl- Evan That's Blair. Right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's training you yeah, to, to get take... Evan Blair's yeah. to get Evan Blair ready. <laughs> exactly, because I, I even gave him some advice on Evan today that he needs to, you know, just um, kind of take his own advice. And, and if Evan doesn't have a stellar day and, and win every moto at, at a fair race, that you know, that's that's okay. Right. It's, uh, it's not the end of the world when you know when you're in full moto dad mode. Sometimes it's a little clouded, so he uh, he kind of he listens and kind of gets a little a little upset. And I'm like, look, you gotta you gotta take your own advice, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, Daniel. He says he's not full moto dad, but I can see where he 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 kind of can get that way. So yeah, oh, um, he's definitely. Whether he wants to think it or not, he's full motor. Right. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we have a question here from one of our YouTube listeners. One that I know, Megan, what made you want to race overseas? Like the GPs? Yeah. Uh, realistically, probably not. Those dudes are gnarly. Uh, they're outdoors only. Um, I mean, yeah, it would be nice to go over there and, and travel and, and see that stuff and, and maybe ride one of those tracks. Those dudes are gnarly and I know it's just beat up. I mean, I know our tracks get rough, but their tracks get just a different kind of rough. That's interesting um, to hear an American rider be like, uh, "No, I don't want to mess with that." You know, it didn't <laughs> used to, it didn't used to be that way, but I guess it has definitely changed. Well, I mean, I think that series, like, there's some badass guys over there, but that series, I mean, you think driving or you know going from California to Florida's tough. I mean, try going from like one country to the other and having to deal with, you know. Um, just whatever not credit what, uh, what do you call customs. it customs it, yeah customs and all that stuff and and then the some tracks are don't they don't hardly have any equipment they look like they've never groomed the track in five years and then uh, you know i don't know man i don't i think i think we have it pretty damn good here and this you know this is yeah this american racing is good no it's it's pretty awesome being i went to australian races last year and yeah i mean that was such a great experience for me and uh, I mean even believe it or not like from arena cross to go to that and then go to super cross was like the best stepping stone because it was like okay arena cross okay well then here's Australian super cross not not quite as tough as you know the track wise is what I mean tough mm-hmm. right as what we have here in the states but it was just such a good stepping stone and like you said everything's different it, I mean when I went over there I mean the food the living you know, the racers, the way they prep the tracks, like you said, I mean, I went to, to one of them and they were tilling the, like, tilling the turn. I'm like, ah, oh, this is Supergirl style. I was like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> I had to put tear off on my goggles now because you guys are, like, making it, like, kind of rough. Right. So, um, yeah, it's just a little different. I think um, the GPs, like I said, are, those dudes are gnarly and I have most respect for them. Absolutely. Jacob, thank you, man, uh, for coming on. Give us some time and Man, look forward to watching you continue to improve, and um, you know, just keep on, man. Like Daniel says, just gotta, don't uh, don't get down in the dumps, man. Don't get negative. Just keep pushing, and you're 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 getting better every week. Yeah, I really appreciate uh, you guys having me on. It's always a great time to chat with you, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll keep the head down and keep fighting. All right, buddy, and I'll I'll see you uh, in Millville. 
It's the next one I'll be Heck at. Yeah. So. Sounds good. I'll see you there. All right, Jacob. Thanks, man. See ya. See ya. Jacob Hayes. What? Jacob is is really cool down to earth kid. Yeah, very very good, very nice guy, and yeah, he's they're always super friendly. Like they he'll come up to me and say hi at the track, which you know that's always. It's like cool. your favorite rider now. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, still Zacho. Sorry, and Mosman's my two fifty guy. Sorry, Jacob. But Moseman's awesome. Moseman's, Moseman's, Moseman is my guy. Mose. Mose is just great to be around. He, he's just funny. Yeah, uh, I, uh, and, I asked and him if... Bailey also. I'm sorry. I get, yes, no, I was just saying... Oh, I'll tell you about that here in just a second. Um, I uh, asked Mose about... Like, you know, he's everybody now knows that he plays chess, but he told me that first. I, I was the first to get that damn uh, piece of info, but I was like, hey, man, I want to do... You know, when are you going to get to Millville? And he goes, oh, probably like Thursday or Friday. I said, well, I'll be up there all week. You know, we need to find 30 minutes for you to give me a chess lesson. I've never played. I know absolutely nothing. I said, I'll, I'll buy a book. Get, I'll, I'll learn the basics, and you give me my first lesson. you got to record this thing. Well, he's like, don't buy a book. He's like, watch YouTube, man. Book, don't even use books anymore. I was like, <laughs> okay. that's that, I'm old. That's true. Um, and, you know, he didn't know. He said, we'll see if we can find time. Because, I mean, obviously, they're clearly busy. But man, maybe we'll do something like that. So that'd be cool. Then I, I interviewed Jordan Bailey. In the uh, Rockstar Husky truck, Moseman was in there eating. So I I brought up your interview with him about being from Germany. I'd actually talked to him earlier before I interviewed him about that. He was oh, yeah. I was like, hey, that was my producer. He said, yeah, that was really funny. And he was kind of explaining it to one of his buddies what happened. So when we started the interview, I said, you're not claiming Germany anymore? He goes, no, it's just too much to explain. I said, in the language, you can't – yes, yeah. Can't really. I don't remember the language anymore. So anyway, it was, it was funny. We brought up, but Jordan Bailey's a really cool kid too. It was awesome in the video because he's like, it was such a ba- big language barrier, and he's <laughs> yeah. like in perfect English. Yeah, so. yeah. So all right, are we we're still recording. Let's uh let's take our next commercial break. We'll be back with Van Martin. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. With research and development, they have become a leader in safety and comfort. Fly Racing is worn by many of the top athletes in motocross and supercross, including Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Andrew Short, Damon Bradshaw, and Adam and Tyler Antonap. Seven two Trey, I wear Fly you wear Fly Q. 2019 Fly Racing line includes the popular Light Hydrogen, the new Evolution DST line, the all-new women's light line, a redesigned F2 helmet, the FR5 boot, and Zone and Zone Pro goggles. Fly Racing also has hard parts for mountain bike products and snow gear. Go to flyracing.com or check out your local dealer for more info. If you're looking for top quality hard parts, you need to visit Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. Find the flow with Torque One Racing handlebars, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and grips. Torque One Racing is the title sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show, so support those who support us. Visit TorqueOneRacing.com and order your Defy Lock-On Grips today. Blood Lubricant Signature Products, Blood Power Sport Series, Blood Racing Pro Series, and Blood Racing Pro Elite Series were all created to bring out the highest level of performance and protection for all types of racing. From dirt track to off-road, motocross, supercross, and drag racing, bloodlubricants.com has what you need. Along with their oil lines, Blood Lubricants provides chain loop, degreaser, polyclean, and other top-notch products. Independent tests have shown Blood Lubricant oils to allow your bikes to run up to 30 degrees cooler. Give Jeff Green and Blood Lubricants a try, and you won't be disappointed. Blood Lubricant sponsors of Tyler Powers, Team PRMX, Team TXS, 
and many other pro supercross and motocross riders. Visit bloodlubricants.com today. Powerband Racing is a suspension company dedicated to providing the best service and products. They're committed to developing new products that improve your ride. They want your suspension to be the best it can be. They are based out of Minneapolis, and they are a WP authorized service center and trusted by Ryan Sipes. From mini bikes to big bikes, Powerband Racing has your suspension covered. Contact them at 320-983-3400 and follow them on Instagram. And Powerband Racing brings us Texas's own Van Martin. What's up, dude? What's up, Darcy? What's going on? Doing good, man. I got uh, DJ TJ in studio with me. What's up, man? Uh, what's going on, TJ? How are you? Doing good. Hey, so before we get started, we know that you know you know us and everything up here. During the break, we were talking about Darkside here making videos of working on his dirt bike, and he seems to want to do this with his shirt off. And we need somebody else to rein in here. It's tell, hot. Tell him to, he needs to do these supposedly for our show edited videos <laughs> with some clothes on. What do you think? <laughs> Dude, Darkside, you got sponsors you got to tend to, dude. You got to put a shirt on. Dude, it's <laughs> so hot in my shop, man. And my stomach says no, Darkside on there, so I'm promoting myself. Oh. What if I what if I tattooed yeah. my sponsors on my chest like a jersey? Would that be okay? Yeah, that's an option. And then you got to get the classic you got to get Darkside on your back and your number too like a jersey. <laughs> oh, dude, that's that's the way to do. Yeah, I, I told TJ it's so freaking hot. Like my my, uh, it's just I don't like wearing a shirt. But fuck y'all, fine. I'll put a shirt on. Jeez. <laughs> no, I Anyway, dude. I yeah, no shirt for sure. Yeah, I I don't really care. But I mean, the sponsor thing. I don't think our sponsors really care. If our sponsors said something, then maybe I would change things. But hey, man, I want to talk to you about um, your season so far outdoors. You've done a couple a couple rounds. Um, you picked one of the hottest ones this weekend at Crazy. WW. How do you feel so far, man? You've raced uh, just two so far, right? WW and Thunder Valley? Yeah. Yeah, just two so far. And uh, I'm I'm pretty happy with it. I mean, I wish my results were better, yeah. obviously. But I feel like everyone always, everyone always wishes that. You know, it could always be better unless you're winning everything. Right. But, uh, yeah, I feel – I knew it was going to be tough just to qualify because I really was – pretty unprepared going into Colorado and uh like I I knew I was probably going to do Colorado just because it wasn't very far and it's so cool to go to but after Supercross you know it takes takes a week to send your suspension off get it redone get turned into outdoor stuff and then I also I hadn't touched my bike throughout the whole Supercross season so with the whole line deal from San Diego my my one 450 that I had that I was playing on racing outdoors was just it was so haggard that I had to do, like, a top end, a crank, completely frame it, re-grease everything that I hadn't done the whole year. Yeah. And since I'm doing all this, yeah, I'm doing all this myself, so it's, I mean, it took two weeks to get the bike going, you know, after doing a top and bottom end and, uh, and sending the suspension off. And so the weekend they were racing at Hangtown, um, I was just starting to get ready for Colorado. So, okay. Um kind of behind the ball going into things but uh i'm happy with it colorado was was pretty gnarly uh, i i qualified better than i did at ww so that was i was happy qualifying i think i'd be second so 
just to make it in, I knew it was going to be tough. And then I got I got bad starts with both motos. And first moto, I got a rock stuck in my front brake caliper. Um, had to pull off and get it fixed and then go back out. And second moto, I fell off the first lap. So I think I got, I went like 35-31 at Colorado. 35-32 so, for 33rd overall. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah I, I was not happy with that. I came from, I came first moto. I flew within the mechanics area for almost a whole lap. I was a lap down before halfway, so oh, wow. still get 35th. Yeah. Yeah, still get 35th. So, hey. All right, you know, and then uh, second motor I fell, so. Okay. I want to ask yeah. you something. You just you just mentioned getting a rock in your caliper, and, and, and throughout the years watching these races, I hear the announcers all the time, oh, you get a rock in the caliper to do this, or you get a rock hits this and it breaks this. In all my years of riding – I've never had something like that happen. Is that just because I'm really slow? Is it you're slow, or, or you're is not it because close I'm out front? People. Maybe it's because I'm out front. <laughs> no. Uh, maybe you're not using the front brake enough. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's you true too. An opportunity to get it stuck in there. That's your that's never close to your brake pad. That's probably so. true too. Uh, do you remember what I told you about my clutch on my 06? Oh, yeah, you lasted, what, what did you say, like 80 hours or something? No, it, it stayed, I, I didn't change it out for 10 years. 2016 oh, yeah. was the first time I put a clutch in my 2006. And you're like, do you not use it? And I was like, I try not to. That's yeah. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> who wants to, who, who can afford to put a new clutch basket in? Dude, I just had to do one this week. Thanks for, for all recluse, though. Yeah, well... So you mentioned doing this all on your own. You're privateer. I mean, you're driving yourself to the races. Uh, you're doing probably a lot of the work yourself. Uh, you're working a regular job. You're trying to train. How do you manage all that as a true privateer? Uh, it's pretty nuts. But, um, I mean, I've done it so many years now where I got it, I got it pretty figured out, you know. Uh, it's, I don't have a real job. So my, my real job is, like, training kids kind of is like my consistent job and then I'm racing here and there so that's also nice to have but mm -hmm. um, that's the only reason I'm, that's the only reason I'm able to do it and do as well as I do when I show up at these races because I can I'm still able to put in the work every day of the week and uh, train off the bike and get to put motos in during the week and then like go train kids in the evening like I'm very fortunate to have a place that my buddy Troy Bustle lets me uh kind of just do whatever I want out of decompression acres so I have a track where I can water and prep and fix and let it get rough and I can work out in the morning or cycle in the morning whatever and then go ride my dirt bike and then go train kids in the evening so it's I got a pretty convenient schedule that allows me to kind of keep it all going and then doing the bike work on myself um I just I just pick the days where um Hey, I'm going to take off riding today so I can knock this out on my bike, you know, and get it okay. ready for the weekend or whatever. So okay. I got it. I got it pretty, pretty figured out, you know. So talking about being so, the, so about, well, we got an echo. You, you got us on speakerphone? Yeah, I I have you on my uh, Bluetooth. Is it not working very good? Okay. It's, it's picking up the echo. We're hearing ourselves back. Sometimes we are, but not all the time. Right now we're not. So oh, right. 
one of the questions I had, I like getting guys like you on. I noticed at the beginning of all the rounds, like on the TV or the app, they show where the where the races go, how it travels and crosses mm-hmm. the United States back and forth like five hundred times. <laughs> um, that do like I kind of feel like in a way, it's almost like MX Sports kind of hates the uh, privateers <laughs> because all, all all of that. My question is, how much does that affect y'all? Like, I mean. Is that something that anybody's ever pointed out to, like, the Coombs who scheduled this deal? I understand Supercross because they only have so many days they can get into those stadiums, but these dirt bike tracks, they're going to hold the race whenever they get it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the schedule, I mean, it never works for the privateers, so I'm kind of I'm kind of used to that, you know. Uh, it's always all over the map, and uh, trying to figure it out is always hectic, so. It's like, I don't know, they never want to, they do what's convenient for them, and I, I understand it, but, yeah, the schedule is definitely pretty hectic, and this year I decided instead of, I've done outdoors so many years by myself, kind of, and uh, drove to each one of them, where I'm, I'm honestly kind of over it at this point, and um, I decided this year I was, I'm pretty low on budget, too, because my main sponsor team also John McCullough um he passed away about uh three four months ago so he was my main source that was getting me to the races so I'm super low on budget so this year I decided that um I'm only doing the rounds that are under 20 hours from from Houston yeah that's how it's going with my my outdoor schedule this year every round that's under 20 is what we're doing well you take in consideration what tj just said about the the uh calendar basically the map of going across country and then the fact that they don't pay very well it's like it's really difficult to probably get in the positive on a weekend financially yes definitely dude i still haven't been paid from lakewood i don't know what's going on but like you're telling me i really need that money Dude, I, I really need that money right now. And, yeah, so I've done outdoors so long now that, and, like, traveling each round and driving ridiculous amounts to put the stupid amount of miles on my van and just beating myself into the dirt, working so hard. The bike is just taking a beating. Um, you're not getting any pay unless you crack the top 20 and you get paid from Honda. Um, that's, that's really the only time you're making a, a positive out of the weekend so uh, now at this point i've gotten to the point that uh like outdoors isn't even really worth it to put my body through all that stress to put my bike just beat in the ground a brand new dirt bike i have and to travel that ridiculous amount and not make any money that uh yeah it's kind of i'm just picking and choosing the route that i'm gonna do now unless i like it was Last minute too. If I would have figured out like a TPJ deal like before the season, then I would have done it for sure. But everything kind of fell apart towards the end of Supercross, so I'm kind of just yeah. picking and choosing the rounds like now since we're losing money on them on like the whole deal pretty much. So have you yeah, have you considered know. have you considered doing just like a Supercross only as you, I mean as you've been racing where you can actually work during the outdoor season and train and just do Supercross only. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I kind of wanted to do it this year after John's passing. It kind of left me in a tight spot where I had no money. And 
I was like, all right, we're doing only Supercross only. We'll get ready for Supercross next year. And then, and then outdoor started, you know, and I'm like, ah, I just, I love racing too. That's the thing where it's yep. like, it's, it's so fun being at the races and being able to like do this. And if I can, if I can get my expensive cover to this round and, and driving my buddy Kern Thurman, we get split bills going to the round and, uh, and like make a little bit something, just, just qualifying, then it was like, all right, man, I could go race here and there and show I still can race outdoors and, um, like still be there and not just stay at home on the weekend. I want to go race too. So it's kind of, it's kind of a tough situation. I'm in, in a hole. I want to be at the races so bad, but it's, it's just, uh, like Supercross only would be nice, but I still, I love outdoors so much too that it's like, if I can make it happen, then I'm going to make it happen. But I like, like hearing you know, that. I don't know. What about what about yeah, like the yeah. I know during the summertime Kicker has like a small round series where they have pretty decent pro payout. Is there enough like off season or off races where you could actually make a living riding as a professional? Uh, no, not <laughs> not in Texas, anyways. Right. Uh, I don't know. We got Pro Challenge. That's like the only one. And then uh, they had for a bit there. There's River Valley and. Uh, what was it, Buffalo Creek? Right. And, and, um, there was a couple there during, I think it was like, what was it, October? Yes, or, yeah, uh, Johnsonville did one the last two yeah, years. Like or yeah, Johnsonville too. Uh, there was a couple of those, but they're all close to the same time, you know. Maybe if they were like, like they're one month here and then one month there and then the next month, but, uh, I've heard like up kind of, I don't know, like the middle of the U.S. up north. There's like all those spare races and stuff. Yeah. That, like guys like Bubba Polly and like yeah. And Starling was telling me he could be killing doing those and like up there you can kind of make it happen, I guess. But in Texas, it's not a lot of there's pro challenge really now. Yep. Where you can make a lot of money, but um, not a whole lot like there used to be. So. Hey, you mentioned earlier the uh, the lime issue that happened. Did you were you one of the guys that took the the money that Feld offered that help you out any, or did you decide the pass? Yeah, I took it um, like two rounds from the end of the series. Okay, I, kinda, I I waited for a long time because uh, I was like talking to Bowers quite a bit, and um, and Lemay was. I was talking to him a lot too, and they're all they're pretty pissed about it. Which I was too, because I got I mean I got scarred for life on that. Like, yeah, I, you were burnt. A, a buck, yeah, I, I it's still I rub lotion. I have to rub lotion on the damn scar, the scar cream, every single night, and I'm still trying to get away, and I'm still scarred from that whole lime stuff, and under my legs too, it's still scarred. So it rubs the lotion on the it skin. It kind of sucks. Like I'm. Yeah, I was just pissed about that, too, because, like, I mean, I don't I don't care to take my shirt off for anyone but Miranda, really, you know? Yeah. So, like, but she has to see that scar on my stomach for the rest of my life, and I just, I don't, it looks kind of dumb, and then my bike was completely haggard, so I waited for a while, and it just, it kind of seemed like it was going nowhere, and guys were telling them, we're showing them receipts of what they spent in the doctor and what they spent on their motorcycle, and they were just getting a bunch of nose back from from felt. So it was like, 
I could have showed how much money I spent, which I didn't really spend much money anyways, um, until the end of the season. And I didn't go to the doctor to get it checked out, so it was kind of got to the point where everyone was kind of twiddling the thumbs around and not getting any return, not getting any positives from the whole situation, not getting any more than five grand. So at the end of the season, I was like, sure, this five grand is going to help for something, you know. So sure, right. I, I guess I'll take it. So it's better than nothing. I honestly, I feel like I've been, I've been, I mean, I've been doing this for probably for so long, you get like not making any profit for so long that it's like I was expecting them and how I looked at it. So five grand is better than nothing to me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. It sucks that they – the whole situation just sucks. There's, there's no way to – sugarcoat it it's a bad situation for everybody well everybody all the riders it was just bad um i hate yeah. that it happened man and but so I, one thing i'm taking away from this and i'm making light of it and i apologize if that's offensive but you're i guess you're not going to come help me work on my 99 and take your shirt off in for our video <laughs> uh what is it again it's 99 cr250 yeah. Dude, I honestly don't know anything about two strokes. I can put a motor in the frame for you and put it all back together, but well, I, dude, I, I didn't get started working on like mechanical stuff on my dirt bike. I mean, I was like, I was 13 years old, but I was on a 150 at 13 years old. Yeah. You know, like, so yeah, you missed the whole two stroke life. Yeah. Like, all I've ridden is four strokes at 13 years old. Right. And, uh, that's all I've worked on. So here, so like, like the other the other day, my buddy was tearing apart his YZ250, and he's like, "Dude, I don't know how to put the reeds in." I'm like, "Dude, <laughs> I don't even know. I don't like. I, what does the reeds even do, dude? Like, I don't get it." Okay, so like, since the mechanical since the mechanical side, you're not going to be much help on. Once we once Dark Side gets this built. We'll have to get you out here and do a video of you riding it. He doesn't want to ride that bike. That's a shitty bike. But no, when when you're done with it, when it's built. But the '99 CR250 handles like shit. Well, let's show him. Let's let, <laughs> you gonna come up and do dude, a riding video. I, dude, I'm so yeah, I'll do that for sure. I'm not picky at all, dude. I jump on anything. You just all right. I'm so used to running with what I build, and I just like yeah. I'll jump on anything. You just run it, like whatever. Awesome. Well, well, we'll make that happen. But I was really making a joke yeah. about you coming and help me work on it with your shirt off, because that's how I do my work, you know. And you were talking about not wanting to take your shirt off. It was, it was a bad joke, but that's what I was getting at. Uh, I'll take my shirt off and come work on your bike. So, oh, uh, good. Then we're all right. We're scheduling that video. All right, Van. Hey, last, dude, last. Honestly, I, go ahead. I do most. I do most of my bike work without my shirt on in the garage too. There I'm you go. Hey, it's I want to. Oh yeah, I want to talk to you about being hot though. WW Ranch. How do you feel your your conditioning was? Those those conditions were fairly extreme, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, dude, it was it was gnarly. Like uh, we had the same heat in Houston. Like I feel like we had the same heat last week. It was it was ninety six and like a hundred percent humidity. Same exact heat we just had last week in Houston, but. Racing in those conditions on that gnarly track that it just has pin ruts across the track that each one of them have, has breaking bumps and yeah. loops in every single rut that you yeah. have to stand through. And then, and then you're adding race pace on top of that, which you're trying to push 
100% the whole 40 minutes. And, dude, I'm not going to lie. I, I feel like I'm in good conditioning for those for that gnarly heat and for gnarly track. But, dude, I was dying at halfway both photos. And, like, to put it, to back it down and ride it, like, like 70, 80% was still a struggle to do because it was just so gnarly. The track was so gnarly and it was so hot that, like, I'm, no, I'm normally good in those conditions and I exceed, but it still hit me like a ton of bricks, dude. I thought, I thought that was the gnarliest national I've ever had to race. I'm not going to lie. Wow. So, wow. Southwick's yeah. a little far for you. Where are we going to see you next? And, out of the next rounds you're going to do, which one are you, like, the most excited for? I'll be at Redbud. Um, Redbud, Millville, and possibly Ironman, because those are the last three that are under 20 hours, and that's what I stuck to, and that's what and I'm which, doing, because I'm not making any money doing this. And so, which one do you think that you're going to, that, that like, you're like, I like this track, and I can do good. Like, which one are you looking forward to? I, I love Redbud. I think the try I like the Redbud more than Millville, but I've had a lot of good results in a few top twenties at Millville. So I'm saying Millville I'll probably end up doing the best at. I'm gonna I'm gonna get uh Van to throw my helmet on and race the amateur the plus 40 at millville C, he's, he's, C-class. he's gonna be at millville so so, he's gonna, so so dark side can win the plus 40 c, c class by yeah. like by like a minute and a yeah. half yeah man <laughs> that dark side's fast this week <laughs> You go I'll, slow down. I'll make it go slower. You uh, just had a professional dirt bike racer to say you had good technique. I don't know how he would know. He went around me so fucking fast. <laughs> he, he couldn't have got a very. All I heard was "woo." And I was like, "Well, there he goes." Yeah. Did you always have your elbows up, man? Yeah, that's old school, man. Yeah. yeah, elbows up, look ahead. So you know Michael Dean Gage? Yeah. Do you know that Texas? He used to kind of road pro. Michael Dean Gage. So he's like a older vet guy. He rode pro like I think basically the nineties is kind of yeah nineties two thousand. Hell, still does. It still does. But he basically like taught Darkside how to ride. And you watch mm-hmm. Darkside ride; it's like a slower version of Michael Dingage, <laughs> hunched over back, elbows out, yeah. knees tight. So yeah. uh, we love Michael. But um, anyways, yeah. well, Van, hey man, I really enjoyed hanging out with you guys and all the Team South guys uh, this weekend a little bit, and um, you busted my ball some, but uh, appreciate you coming on. <laughs> yeah, no problem, Darkside. I'm always always pumped to do any kind of show. Any poster is good. So, hey, how's, uh, how's, thanks how's, for having me on, dude. Absolutely. How's Kyle doing? Huh? Swanson. Swanson? Uh, he, he actually just moved to Atlanta to be with Team All South. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But he moved to Atlanta to be with where our where our team's from in yeah. Georgia. And but he he started to walk now. He got he's got his ACL fixed. He tore his ACL at Vegas. Um, at Vegas. Yeah. It's a pretty funny story because him and Curran Curran Thurman, our other teammate, um, it was in the heat race, heat number two in the four fifty class. Kyle tried to dive under him in a corner, and he clipped his rear wheel and fell. Towards ACL. Wow, teammate on teammate yeah. violence. I see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he's um, back. He's... But he got it fixed. Yeah, he he got it fixed, and then uh, he's he's walking 
with a brace on right now. So awesome. he's getting there, but it's supposed to be another like two, three months until he could ride. So we got to, I mean, more than three, actually. It's supposed to be three months. So he'll so, y'all, y'all will be back at it for Supercross, it sounds like, then. Yes, hopefully the plan next year with Team All South is myself, Kyle Swanson, uh, Lane Shaw, Kern Thurman, uh, 250 East Coast for sure, and possibly 450 West Coast. Awesome. Nice. That'd be, yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, I just uh, I texted with Lane last night. He texted me when I was out in my shop working with my shirt off, and Lane texted me. So we're going to get him on yeah. next week. And, um, yeah, I like Lane. And I talked to cool. Kyle at Cycle Ranch for the Camp, camp Makeup to Mud that weekend. He, he came on that Friday and did a little bit with us. So, yeah, man, we're, we're big supporters of Team All South. All right, right, bud. We're Texas boys, but our team's out of Atlanta. Right. (laughs) Hey, any support you guys can get, man, as long as you're at the races, we're happy. But thank you for coming on, and um, we'll we'll see you soon, dude. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, man. You have a good night. All right, you too. See ya. Bye. Van Martin. Okay. It's so cool because I remember seeing him as a kid, and you're like, that dude's, you know, I mean, he was just blazing fast as a kid. Yeah. Still the same awesome personality and everything. Absolutely. So, hey, before we get to our next guest and take a break, um, I want to give some blood lubricants away. So let's just do – Can I win it? Uh, you already had well, – <laughs> Jesus. All right. So come up with a trivia question. Think of something real quick. But the To win the blood lubricants, we're going to give you a week to the next show on Tuesday. We'll announce a winner. And you're going to have to give the answer to whatever trivia question he answer, he brings up. Do I have to have the answer right now? Uh, no. Okay. Well, but you, it has to be something that we can actually find. Somebody can have the answer to. We may be able to get this. Hold on one second. Okay. That That's just dead air that you just had. I don't care. Okay. All right. Dead air. Um. So that's that'll be the question then. Um, you can ask it. But I'm not sure how. Uh, yeah, I don't know how you'd find that out. Get a hold of uh, 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 John. What's his name? John. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, we'll do that. But you're gonna answer the the question that he's about to ask at uh, motoxpodshow at gmail dot com or go to motoxpodshow dot com. Click on the contact links. I put a bunch of pictures up on that uh, website from this weekend, by the way. If you guys don't visit it very often, I, we don't honestly update it all that often, but I did put some pictures up there. Um, yeah, so we're going to do that. And then I want to give away a set of shock socks. So the first person – no, let's let's do this. You guys post a picture on your Instagram of your bike and – hashtag or not hashtag – tag us, Moto X Pod Show and tag Shock Socks, and I'll pick a random winner for that also next Tuesday. So two different contests. What's your trivia question for the blood lubricants? So we'll we'll get together or get the answer from this to make sure we get the proper answer, but who was the top finishing blood lubricant rider at WW Ranch? I actually am pretty sure I know the answer to that. Well, there you go. So yeah. who is the top finishing rider, blood lubricants rider at WW Ranch? And yeah. Yep. And the winner will win a, a bottle of this right here, Pro Series 10W50. If you're watching YouTube, you see it in my hand. And a bottle of the Bloodline PolyClean degreaser with polymer finish. So, obviously, awesome. anybody who's seen my posts and stuff like that, I'm pretty 
pretty impressed with the blood lubricants and how many hours we get on a piston and it shows nowhere. It's pretty yep. awesome. That cleaner is surprisingly good. Yep. Like the other day I was using it and I was like really excited and then I dropped it and the, the top nozzle broke, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? which was had nothing to do with that. But I couldn't use it at that time. I didn't have another spray deal. And I was oh, yeah. literally mad because I couldn't. You know, I know it sounds dumb, but I went inside and stole like a spray bottle thing <laughs> right, from my right. wife to be able yeah, to use it. Yeah, the stuff's awesome. Stuff works really well. Awesome. So there's two different contests. Uh, get this contest entered. We'll pick a winner next Tuesday. We I just got the Fly F2 helmet in that Dex Lester won from Patreon. And he's going to get me his, or get with Kirk Hunter at Extreme Colors and get their his color scheme together, whatever he wants. He's getting a free Fly helmet and a free custom paint job because he supports us on Patreon. Um, what else do we need to promote? The YouTube channel, obviously. If you're not watching on YouTube, please at least subscribe to our YouTube channel. Put all our event stuff up there when we film whether we go to a camp makeup to mud or we go to a national or a supercross or whether we're working in our shop with a shirt off on a bike put all that up on youtube that's right yeah so um do all that subscribe uh anything else before we go to break let's go to break all right let's go to break and we'll be back with caleb i hope i'm saying this right bertrand with cbmx training When you're rolling up to the line with a custom-painted helmet, it's one of the coolest feelings you can have. Kirk Hunter has been painting helmets since 1989, and his price has never changed. $295 gets you a professional, one-of-a-kind paint job on your lid. So contact Kirk Hunter at xkhelmetpainting at gmail.com. Follow Extreme Colors on Instagram. And Extreme Colors brings us our next guest of the night, Caleb Bertrand with CBMX Training. What's up, Caleb? What's going on, guys? Not a lot, man. Um, so one of your buddies, I guess, uh, hit me up on Instagram yesterday and uh, was talking a little bit about your training program. We want to get you on and uh, talk about what you do and how you got started and uh, what what's some events coming up, I guess. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Caleb. Well, I got started with this uh, training stuff about seven years ago. I, uh, I raced as a kid um, up until about the time I was 21, and I uh, – had to get a job, you know. I actually got out of the sport for a few years. Okay. And, um, man, I just realized I uh, wasn't enjoying what I was doing, so I, I tried to get back around the sport and, you know, any way I can. Man, we're losing. Hey, you. Caleb, you're, you're you're going in and out. Or I don't know if you can get to a better spot or or if you got us on speakerphone or. Okay. Is that better? Yes, sir. Go ahead. So, um, so yeah, I just did, uh, got out of sport there for a little while and wanted to get back into it. And I um, came across a kid one day at a track that wanted um, to get some lessons. And, and ever since that day, you know, I just wanted to – I realized how much I enjoyed helping the kids and everything. And it kind of just took off from there. And um, I've been going at it pretty much – I mean, pretty long well time for about three years now. And We've got a, you know, an awesome facility doing um, The riders are doing great, and right now we're looking forward to Loretta's. Yeah. So before we get too much farther into this, you're located in Jonesboro, Louisiana. Uh, yes. On Instagram, if people want to follow you, it's at cbmx underscore training, I believe. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So and then um, 
you're training anybody from beginners to pretty much any level that wants any kind of training on the bike, off the bike. Talk about your facility a little bit. Uh, talk about the track. Talk about, uh, you know, uh, cardio, that kind of stuff. What what you work on, what your program is. Okay. Well, uh, my program is more of a private program. I, uh, I don't really like to do large groups. I yeah. like to be able to you know, pinpoint all the, um, all the little things about riding. Um, I work, like you said, I work anywhere from a five-year-old to a 50-year-old man. Um, I do private training as well, meaning one-on-one. Um, I also offer group training and stuff on the weekends for, um, for, we we lost Caleb. Definitely lost him. I'm going to pause this. Yep. Okay, we uh, we dropped the call. We we took a little quick break, and we're back with Caleb. Caleb, you were talking about your training, one on one, and your private training, and how you run things. Okay, so yeah, I, uh, you know, I I like to work with a smaller group of guys. Like, mm-hmm. Right now, we have uh, we have about four that ride with us, um, which we do Monday through Thursday is our schedule. Um, so. All those guys are getting ready for Loretta's at the moment. Um, we have the Supercross track that is going to uh, – we just got built. Um, I don't know where we lost the call. If I'm repeating myself. No, you're, no, not. you're not. You're good. Okay. Um, so, Vernon with VMAX Track came and uh, – Vernon McKitty. Yes, Vernon McKitty came and did the uh, Supercross track for us. And, man, it is, uh, it's awesome. That's, uh, like I said, we put that together because – our super mini rider, Grayson Fair, is uh, doing the Monster Energy Cup in August, I guess it is. Yeah, we'll yeah. be there. We'll be there. My son made it to that. Yeah, so we're uh, we're looking forward to that. But then um, we also got a gym. Um, the the dirt for the track is just, uh, you know, unbelievable. We got a little bit of everything. Um, it's, uh, it's a great training track. You know, it, it, it's very busy. You know, it's not something that you uh, want to just come and have fun on. I mean, unless you do it a lot, it just works you a lot, you know. Okay. Uh, but like I said, it uh, works out great for the training. So, it, it, a vet like myself, 40 years old, not in the best shape, um, would this be a track that I'd have fun on, or would I be exhausted? Man, after after a day, I could have you having fun on just about anything. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Hey, we got a few event riders that ride with us, man. Uh, actually, one that comes every week and, and rips with the boys. So uh, I enjoy working with the vet riders. Yes. Hey, you're out there near where John Moeller and stuff is, right? Yeah, John comes and rides with us every now and again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we know John real well. Um, okay. So uh, you, your, your buddy that contacted me mentioned something coming up called Panic Rev at Swan. Tell me what this is. I I'm not familiar with it. Yes, um, I'm actually here now. I'm in my hotel. Uh, we've been doing it for two days now. I guess, um, man, honestly, I, I'm, I don't know the guy's last name, to be honest, but it, it's Matt. He's from California. He puts on a, uh, an awesome camp. It's, uh, you know, Christian based. Um, you know, and I just uh, knew I'd have the ability to work with a, uh, a bunch of different, <clears throat> a bunch of different riders. Oh, okay probably some that i never worked with and, and luckily they called me and asked me to do it man to be honest i only know two kids here so this is all new riders for me and um 
ranging anywhere from five years old to to like I said, fifty, fifty something years old, and I'm just having a blast with it. Yeah, we're. I don't know if you realize this, but like I'm in Longview, where that's where we're at right now, which is about forty minutes from where Swan is, and, and I live about ten minutes. TJ from literally Swan. lives right down the road. Oh wow, I did not realize that. Yeah, so Swan is our basically our closest track, our home track. Um, okay. Yeah how how is that school that that how's that going? How's Panic Rev going so far? You're, you sounds like you're enjoying it. You're working with new kids. Um, how's the day's been going? It's been hot. Uh, and have they been receptive to what you're teaching them? Yes, definitely. Um, first day we had to get started a little late because uh, they got a pretty good bit of rain. Yep. But it ended up being great um, for the track once we got rolling on it. Um, we had to do half track the first day, and honestly, with the amount of people, it was kind of crammed, but uh, but we got it done. Um, man, I find that everybody is taking to me very well i feel that i have a you know kind of a different style of training um i like to talk to the rider more uh on you know a personal base and man we uh we made progress with everyone so far um you know all the way up from the 50s to the to the 450s and uh it, it's been good the track is uh is great he uh he opened up that back section which is you know a lot more motocrossy yeah so uh I know the the kids are enjoying that. We actually got a little rain, a little rain today during the the last moto of the day, so it ought to make you good for tomorrow. Yeah, and tomorrow's the last day of it, right? It is, and uh, it uh, it has been hot, very hot. Well, how are when are you going back home? Uh, I'm going back tomorrow. Okay, I was going to invite you to come ride with us this weekend. We're going to be riding down the road a little ways, and probably in Canton, I think, yeah, Buffalo Creek. That's kind of the plan right now. Well, I don't have plans, so, <laughs> you know, Wait, I mean, that's... We that just, I said, I just I live right down the road. You can just come crash at my place, and they come right. ride with us. All right, well, I'll definitely uh, look into it. <laughs> Some I, uh, random guys on a podcast. Yeah. Like, well, I'll, I'll give you TJ's number after we get done. I'll text it to you, and if you feel like you might want to try to do it, he's got room. He's actually got a track at his house that's probably not been groomed in a while, but we're definitely going to go ride Saturday somewhere. So, uh, yeah, if you want to... I'll get you the info, and if you feel like sticking around, you're more than welcome to hang out with us. For sure, man. I'm definitely interested. Cool. Um, so you you mentioned that you quit riding for a while. You know, you kind of got out of it, and then you started training. I mean, do you? So does that mean you don't compete at all anymore? No, I do. I'll be racing the red. Okay. Like me to ride. They like me to race. Uh, so it gives me that that extra motivation I need. I don't. You know, I don't. I don't chase it like I once did. Yeah. Um, the work comes first the kids come first but i do enjoy riding and uh i, I mean i have to ride i'm i'm not um everything doesn't just flow right it seems whenever <laughs> i'm not riding so. sure uh and so tell us how old are you and uh what class do you ride i am 29 and i typically just like to stick to the junior 25 class because uh you know those guys are on the, the same level i'm on meaning they know they got to go to work on right Monday. yeah well i'm 40 well, i'm about to be 44 i think i forget He's old enough to forget how yeah old well he is. i i tried to quit counting at 40 i just wasn't happy anymore with <laughs> with keeping track of age at 40 so i sort of forget sometimes but yeah i, I get that man everything hurts all the time now and uh right. and it, yeah so i get it right so well cool. yeah, and i uh i i don't want to get injured you know i mean 
it's just part of it. But um, I had a pretty good foot injury a couple of years ago at the Pro Challenge, and um, and you know it just set me back for a while. And ever since then, you know, I was trying a section that I really didn't want to be doing, and I had signed up to race the pro race. And um, you know, if I was in just plus twenty five, I would have jumped it or tried it, but. Uh, because uh, the money was on the line, I figured I'd go for it, and uh, it turned out well. So, uh, you know, lately, I'd rather uh, just stick to that class. They totally, go fast enough. Totally understand. So, hey, getting back to your training facility, your your um, your school, just for a moment, um, what percentage would you say? Because you said you like to talk to the kids a lot. What percentage would you say is on the bike, uh, like quote unquote classroomish, where you're actually discussing things, and then. Um, like weight training or just cardio, you know, like what, how would you, what would the percentages be, do you think? Um, man, we, the, the riding definitely has the higher percentage. For okay. Sure. Um, I mean, and, and we, you know, we typically like to put anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half on the bike. Um, uh, some days or more, it just depends on how things are going. But, mm-hmm. um, it, I, you know, I just believe in a lot in seat time in general, and then um, just becoming familiar with everything you can possibly, be, uh, you know, do on a dirt bike. And the gym training, I, you know, I'm not against either. Like, I mean, we we do hit that hard, but I just feel that the what we get out of the day on the bike, um, we do the gym just every day, you know. But it's more of like a. Um, I don't know uh, if you would say a maintenance thing. I mean, some days are harder than others. Sure. But right now, for sure, that's how we're doing it. The bike is, is giving us what we need. We're doing what we got to do to get ready for the longer motos, apparatus, and then and then we just hit the gym um, to maintain. Well, okay. that's what I was going to ask because I know a lot of these qualifiers, the track is nothing like what their kids are going to be dealing with at Loretta's as far as – because most tracks, outdoor tracks, are big, wide-open tracks. They don't have the roughness, and they dang sure don't have the 20-minute motos. What are y'all doing different now as you switch gears to the kids that have made it to Loretta's and are heading that way? Man, it's basically the motos. You know, we're riding for a long time. Uh, Obviously, uh, we're still touching on the other things, the basics, I say. Um, We do a little bit of it every day. It's just kind of... uh, kind of like um, a routine, I guess you would say. Um, but right now we're just doing the motos. We do some sprints as well. We'll swap it up. Um, but we're just trying to get in the long motos and get them used to the heat and and staying out there for a while. And one thing I've noticed on a lot of these kids as they get there, they get their ticket, you know, and they're all excited. And it's almost like some of the kids feel like they've accomplished it because they got their ticket how do you continue their focus to say, hey, guys, the battle's just begun, you know, as far as what what Loretta's is? Um, luckily, well, you know, right now at this moment, um, most of our guys have been before, so they understand. I got but, you. Uh, the new guys, we just uh, kind of got to tell them and let them know every day that, Hey, you got you know you got to keep going because this is going to be like something you've never you've never done before. And like you said, you can't really even explain Loretta's because there's nothing. I've never rode anything even close to it. Um, just uh, so it, it's it's 
it's a smaller, smaller, you know, tighter track, but then it's, you never get a second to rest because it's so rough everywhere. Um, it's, and the heat, I don't know, it's, it's gnarly. Yeah, I, I've never done it. Um, you know, there was years where I was like, as a younger person, I was like, oh, I think it'd be fun. But like now I just, I don't think that's my style, man. I, I don't want to go for a week and, and just beat myself to hell and spend that much money for that. But the people that are willing to do it, man, that's that's hardcore. And these kids are, um, they're impressive. Yes, they are. Every single one of them, yep. man, every class. It's, uh, it's crazy. Absolutely. Well, Caleb, man, I, I'm glad that you guys reached out to us. It's really cool getting a chance to talk to you. Um, I, I like the theories behind what you're doing. Um, I didn't know that you even existed over there in Jonesboro, Louisiana. That's not that far from us, really. Um, so, yeah, I hope you got, I hope you hang out this weekend and ride with us. Um, but thanks for coming on and, and talking about CBMX. For sure, man, guys. I uh, I appreciate it. And, yeah, shoot me uh, shoot me that number. And, I'm, like I said, I'm definitely interested in riding. Okay, I'll do it as soon as we get off the air. And uh, we'll talk to you real soon, Caleb. Thank you very much. All right, guys. See you later. All right, see you. Later. That's Ke- Caleb Bertrand with at cbmx underscore training uh jonesboro louisiana yeah that's cool man they they reached out to us um which is a what you doing Uh, well is that their last guess yeah that's the last you can finish you finish that and i'm gonna get the music ready oh okay do you you know how to work my phone Uh, you know where it is i can figure it out bro it's youtube oh wow you're you're a genius (laughs) i do this every week that i'm (laughs) here. all right everybody so uh we appreciate you guys listening we appreciate all the support um Please, we, we say this all the time. We, we love to have you guys support us on Patreon. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Share the YouTube channel so others will subscribe to it. Um, follow us on Instagram, all that good stuff. Uh, Don't forget about our giveaways. Yeah. Blood lubricant. Blood lubricants and shock socks giveaways. And shock socks giveaways. Free stuff. And we ship it for free. Even if I accidentally give it away to foreign countries. And yeah, we, we're, not, not. we're not shipping overseas anymore. No. Uh, we, we that was that. my fault. No, and that's fine. I, I didn't mind sending that helmet, but yeah, that's that's the. I mean, I guess we will if you guys are willing to pay the shipping. It can't be much which, for these. We no, those wouldn't be that bad. But still, it's it, it's shipping stuff can be kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, it really like the helmet. I think it costs sixty bucks to ship it, which isn't but the handlebars were close to that too. Or maybe it was the handlebars. The handlebars, yeah. yeah, yeah, the handlebars, the torque one handlebars. Yeah, so we've done it a few times, but we're gonna try to keep it. In the United States, uh, unless you guys just want to pay for it yourself, that's fine. We we want everybody to get involved and win. Um, I guess that seems like there was something else. Oh, your truck. Yeah, I want to tell everybody. So t- I think I already said this when we were off the air, archive-wise, but we were – YouTube was listening. Yes, you stopped the music. <laughs> we'll keep going. Well, we'll, TJ do the, loaned we'll, me, we'll do the YouTube story at the end of the okay. – yeah. TJ loaned me his truck to go to WW the Ranch this weekend. They're brand new, relatively – to me it was brand new. Toyota pickup truck, Tundra. 17. I appreciate that a lot because I didn't want to have to rent a vehicle, and I don't think my van would have made it that far. So thank you, man. So – Yeah, there's no problem. I really appreciate you taking it and destroying the windshield while you were um, borrowing our truck. Well, I it was so bad that we had to go trade the truck in the day on a new <laughs> truck. A new, it was it was literally he like he the truck came back in such a bad position Look, that we had to take it and traded it like sure. literally on a new one the day. Uh, let me defend myself. At Camp Makeup to Mud, that was sponsored by Toyota, JT Cooley and I got to go out on the one of the motocross tracks in a Toyota truck and a tundra. Like mine. Yes, and haul ass and mm-hmm. go over the jumps. TRD. 
and stick it, throw that thing in four-wheel drive, and yours is four-wheel drive, and it was badass, and I wanted to do that. So, yeah, I fucking I hit some jumps. I hope you did because we literally traded it in today. So okay. if you did, I don't really care <laughs> no, because it's gone. I did not. Apparently, there was a crack, not even a crack. It was a, what do you call it, like a chip? A chip in the windshield. In the windshield, yeah. and... I don't, I'm I, not sure if it happened. Dude, I drove the truck around all day long, and then I'm like, is that so, a chip? Right. It was about the size of a penny. or a, I noticed it on the way home yeah. from So obviously you did it because you oh, noticed so. it first. So yeah, well, it's is just, it the, cause, the, cause the he who like smelt you, so. it, dealt it kind of thing? You saw it first, <laughs> so it was definitely your fault. All right. Yeah. So was there something else or was that it? That's it for the end of the podcast. I have a story I got to finish on YouTube that... That people have to oh, so the YouTube. archive people don't get to hear your story. They, well, I started it on YouTube. So right, they right. Hey, that's, you should listen to the YouTube. That's right. <laughs> the YouTube. All right. All right, we're out. That's the end of episode 128. Oh, hey, thank you, Torque One Racing, Shock Socks, MX Girl Designs, All Sport Dynamics, Blood Lubricants, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, Works Wheels and Mods, Extreme Colors, Kyle Tucker with Keller Williams Partners, Acherbys, and Bolt Motorcycle Hardware. That's it. We're out.